Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charlie Radio Williams. Um, welcome to the first episode of A Stranger to Myself podcast brought to you by Sketchfest Studios. Um, this has been a podcast that I've been wanting to work on for the longest, where I sit down and have multiple episodes with particular artists, content creators about the life of being an artist or a content creator, um, the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs. On this episode, I am joined by a favorite. He's been on the G's for Geek podcast. Um, you can catch him on um, Towels by Law. You can catch him on the Nerds of the Round podcast. Let's get started with this. Um, he's waiting, uh, introducing Law. What's up? What's up? You came at that so much, like, strong. Like, I, I was looking away at another screen, and, like, you came in, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> See, a lot better a lot better this time right i'm not sure because the other ones i i like the silkiness of that one on the first one so i got used to it i thought it was gonna still be silky and it wasn't so i like that it was more concise and clear on this one but you know well if we can just meld the two i'll be all right ladies and gentlemen uh we have an actual intro for a stranger to myself and when you see it, you're going to feel like, is this a podcast about murder mysteries? I thought this was a podcast. Unsolved case files. You know, like, um, <laughs> I thought this was a podcast about getting to know different artists. Um, every time I played it at the start and trying to get just this part started, I just kept laughing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got law. He's waiting. I'm um, fine. Trust me. You got to worry about me. But you in 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 post edit you will see it at on our YouTube channel uh, at the very start. But for right now, let's let's jump into it, Law. Okay. Content creation. You have a YouTube channel, Tiles by Law. Mm -hmm. Make sure I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. You're a Twitch streamer. Mm -hmm. you, you're a photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, you are a co-host on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But for right now, we're going to throw all that shit out the window. Let's just let's let's okay. go from. I, I thought I thought you were gonna list more of the accolades, and I was like, "There's there's way more." I always forget. We're we're going to get into. The, I mean, you're a director. Uh, you shot a music. You shot several music videos. You shot behind the scene projects. Uh, you led teams. But we're going to get to that. I think we have <laughs> other episodes that we can deep dive into. Right now, who are you? That always feels like such a loaded question. Like, who are you? So, I I remember being asked this question uh, by my mentor, Hutch. Uh, shout out to Hutch, uh, CEO of Inbeyond Studios, my big brother and my mentor, one of my mentors. Um, he said, essentially, you have to ask yourself the question, who are you at your core? Who are you? What are you? And for the longest time, I didn't know what I like that was, and I was like, I like that's a very because I you aren't the things that you do right so like I tell people all the things that you just listed plus 50 things that I could probably forget in two seconds um but that isn't who I am it's the things that I do on the flip side I've been doing things for so long that who I am has just been an amalgamation of all those things. Um, but I've decided on a few things. So I am a multi-potentialite. Uh, 
it was never like, you know, the jack of all trades kind of thing. Apparently there's an actual, we are multi-potentialites. We have our focus on multiple different things at once. We want to do all the things all at once. Um, and our focus feels like it's constantly shifting and changing because it is. Uh, so multi-potentialite for sure. Uh, I put teacher second. Um, that was actually something that came up where I know I'm an artist, but for whatever reason, like teaching has always been a thing in my life uh, in whatever capacity. So that I think uh, comes before uh, myself as a creative or artist, then would be a creative and artist of all kinds. And then just chill dude for the most part. I would hope that I'm a chill dude, uh, you know, are, are you a chill dude? Are you? I, I would. So I've I've had this conversation actually recently where I was like, I'm not an unapproachable dude, am I? And they're like, hardly. And I was like, so why why are there the, the rare cases where someone isn't approaching me for whatever reason? And uh, I don't know. It's, it's always funny to me because I'm like, I, I'm literally like, I'm usually always smiling. I'm usually always laughing. I'm like, even on my worst days, it takes a lot to like really get to me. So uh, like, I'm not totally unapproachable unless I like have the, the, the stank face of just like, I don't want to be bothered. I'm usually approachable. You, you are a tall walking enjoyment. <laughs> Yo, I promise y'all. All right, so for the record, I am six one, six one, basically like on the nose, right? This this is the first year. This uh, this past uh, spring is the first time that I met you in person, and even though I've I've been on your the podcast before, mm-hmm. I think about two years now. I've known you for two years prior to even just, meeting just you. About, yeah. And I meet you in in person. You're tall, slinky, leather jacket. And I'm already cursing you because you're taller than me. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why didn't I think about this on camera? Like, and it's because your camera's always set to like this height, right? That your actual height, but you are, you are a very uh, charismatic person. Like, and, and you're right. Like, when Thank meeting you. you, there's a lot of positivity that that you radiate with, and and you. You you're welcoming, like you're not like a type of person who's like dismissive. You're not like you know like oh you're better. You you are just a very welcoming person to socialize with. I try to be. I I, yes. I really really try to be. Um, there's some days where that vibe or that energy isn't there, and it takes a lot of work to like put that out there. Um, but usually, like, especially if I know I'm going to see good people like you, Guy, Sean, like, I'm going to see my crew, I'm usually, like, in a great mood, you know? Um, so, yeah, like, I... Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, before okay. we get into the creative part, let's talk about the energy that comes with just being yourself. With, you know, interacting, engaging, Oof. networking with people. The... Like I know for myself, right? And um I I I am very introverted. Um okay. I'm not gonna say that I'm an introvert because I don't like creating that into a title. So I'm gonna say my largest characteristic is being an introvert. 
I get burnt out a lot. You're, you're an introverted extrovert. So you are an introvert at your core, but you have the uh, the quote unquote positive traits like or the charismatic traits of someone who is an extrovert. Well, I think it's what is it, ambervert or omnivert? I, yeah, I think I, it's more I, ambervert. I, I've gone both. Like I, when I first ever took that test, I was an introvert. Okay. By the time I reached into my twenties, I took that test in high school. I started coming out of my shell. I think the pandemic has put me back into some sort of shell, um, just because, like you said, like I get drained a lot quicker. But I think I'm a fluctuation of both. I, I know I can see that I can see that with both of us, and I, I know for myself, like I, I like to consider myself more of an omnivert, where like I enjoy being social. But I think the introverted side for me is that I enjoy being social with people who are already within my comfort net. If you're mm-hmm. like you're mm-hmm. within my circle of people, like it takes a lot of energy for me to disperse to just be social with people. Like I'm able to go to work. But by the time I get home from work, I'm physically drained Mm -hmm. because my battery, you know, my battery works differently. So I also know from a creative standpoint that are you you more physically, are you more drained uh, in in talking with other people, with people who don't get you? So like if me and you talk, we could talk for like four or five hours, Mm -hmm. no problem. But the minute you don't talk to at least someone similar or they don't have to be exactly the same headspace you are, but they get it. Do you feel like it's more work to talk to someone who like just doesn't get it, who's either not an artist, uh, not a creative, or just doesn't think in that same uh, wavelength? Let's just call it's it. so I all right. It's more energy for me to. I think I spend more energy for people who don't get me, because um, mm-hmm. I, I do have very close friends who who get me, and I like to use a gauge. So sometimes for myself. I will give people me at 100, mm-hmm. right? My, my my best friends get me at 100, all the goofiness, all the all the chals that they can get. And then there's people who I dumb it down and I give them 50. And it's not that I don't want them knowing all of me. It's that if they don't understand who I am and the way that I think, because the way I think is very creative, mm-hmm. um, then I feel like I'm wasting my energy and and sharing myself with those people, but at the same time, I, I just like honestly have to explain yourself to them. Correct. And I'm actually in a place in my life where I'm like, stop over explaining. Mm-hmm. Stop over explaining. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that does circle into like your personality, who you are. And I feel like I tend to do that. But with that being said, you know, I also think that when you're a creative person and you spend a lot of your time focusing not on social activity with people, but creating, like, you know, writing stories, um, figuring out campaigns, uh, uh, photo shoots, so forth. Your energy is more attentive to that. Mm -hmm. And even when you're trying to share that with people, if they don't get it, they don't connect with it, you know, it's kind of like, I want to bring you into Law's world. I want to bring you into Charles' world. Mm -hmm. But I need you to understand that this world doesn't just stop at at you know this social activity at this mm. at this moment it continues you're more there's more facets to you than what they originally see you as oh most definitely most definitely and and i think the same because you and me we've had conversations where mm. you've talked about like 
your you know your ups and downs and even now like you have your ups and downs Mm -hmm. where you're trying to be uh focused on being creative Mm -hmm. but i i can tell that there's days where you're like your energy is just it's not there Mm -hmm. and then uh go just to finish a thought of like having having like explained yourself to people and 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 whatnot uh damn you had a you had something you said at the tail end of that that i wanted to trail off with um what about um opening up and like letting them know like hey this right is- so essentially like uh for me it's a little bit uh like i i tell people that i'm an open book so you kind of just have to know what you're looking for or know that you can turn the page. Cause like people open the book and assume this. So all oh, that's what it was. So a lot of times when people meet me, they meet me in a space and associate me with the space, the people around and the, and the environment, like all the things that make up that moment. But when they see me in other spaces, I'm not a different person. I'm just engaging in a different activity with different people. So people like, I remember a lot of times I can be both the like athlete person and the creative person and the nerdy person. And I'm all still the same guy. Like I used to float lunch tables all the time until I found my crew of just spades players, you know? Mm -hmm. So like with, with that said, like I totally get the, the notion of not wanting to explain yourself but also understanding that some people are literally going to go, you are this one thing because that's how I met you as this one thing. Uh, the, what is it? Uh, perception. Yeah. That, and I, and I used to struggle with that a lot too, where I would be like, well, that's your perception of me without understanding that I was pretty much saying exactly what they were saying to me, mm-hmm. you know, that perception is key. And if you come off a certain way to certain people, they're going to perceive you that way. And I think sometimes the miscommunication is, yeah, they get you at that first sight of who you are, but then that's not, it's not generally who you are. Like they, like people always, and it's like that, you know, you base a book based on the, on, on the cover, but if you don't read the book, how do you really know the book? And I, and I do have friends who have, I still to today, they, well, they have this perception of me that I am a very closed off or that I don't want to socialize. And I'm like, no, I do want to socialize. But my energy, sometimes my energy doesn't mesh with everyone's energy. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes uh, uh, personalities that are explosive, I'm not, you know, kind of make me kind of feel like shuttered in. Um, and it's like... Like, man, like, I want to get to know that person better. I want that person to be a part of my inner circle. I want Mm. them to be closer. But because I'm also learning and I'm reading them, what I'm reading from them, which is going past the the first perception and me just really learning how they act and how they behave, sometimes that just leads me to be like, yeah, you know what, this is a – this person is a little overwhelming. They're a bit much, you know, like Mm – and that's nothing wrong, but I, I think, like, especially when you have a creative mindset, um, it can be very static, I guess, is a, is a great word, where you're just, you, you it's not that you want a, a, and this is just me, it's not that I just want a very simple, simple, uh, you know, 
uh, a simple atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But I do know mind-wise that when my mind becomes you've static... Cur- you've curated what you wanted from your life through the circumstances and experiences you've had throughout your very colorful life. Same as, same as anybody. Same as most people. I think we've reached a certain point where we're more perceptive of it than most people. So that's why it seems like we're coming off a certain way. But we're, we're not, you know, against anything. We just have a very curated um, group or energy that we want to keep. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's dive into that a bit right there. So you have – I, and it's fair to say that you have a very large circle of creative friends. <sighs> oh, yeah. Yep. So for you, when you're dealing with the stagnation or, or, or being in this static – place how do how do those friends or those 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 creative partners kind of help either uh bring you back to to a place that is you know very uh solid without without being feeling over stagnated Mm. um so it varies so i have a lot of friends who they themselves wouldn't consider themselves like super creative but there's probably some of the most creative people i know um who so it doesn't like all boil down to my creativity which is which is i guess like a uh an interesting way to say like as much as my creativity is tied to like how i'm feeling i think i can I can use other things outside of my creativity to get me to be creative. I, and that's like the best way I can put it. So for instance, uh, if uh, one of my best friends is a like wonderful R&B singer, another one of my friends you've met, guy is a, a, it's incredible, just everything. Uh, and when I'm feeling, I guess, stagnant uh, in a place, we can brainstorm 50 million ideas of like projects we want to do, shoot the shit, this night and third. Um, but there's also times where we just talk, talk about life, mm-hmm. talk about things that are happening, um, have conversations that matter. So not the like, it, it is shooting the shit, but it's shooting the shit to a degree of... Um, like actually scratching that itch of like deeper thought and conversation. So I remember I had a I had an ex once who uh, a lot of a lot of the time she wanted constant, highly intellectual conversation. I think that's all she wanted all the time at a hundred. And I was like, I can't do that. I'm not the guy for it. I promise you, I can give you highly intellectual conversation. No problem. But to uh, to operate at that capacity all the time is exhausting. Oh, I can imagine. Like uh, that's like uh, deep diving into places that sometimes you yourself don't want to go. Like right. I, 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 I am a fan of like, and I like that too. Out of a partner too, that you know where. When you're talking, sometimes you can really dive into things 
and really have like adult conversations or psychological mm -hmm. conversations or but sometimes I think it goes to a place where like, you know what, this is very dreadful. Like, uh, I don't want to. It's like, it's like when you talk about politics too much or when you talk about uh, society. Also, how do you divert much. from the conversation after? Like, so there gets to certain points of conversation that get that deep that you're just like, well, guess we're just going to fucking have ice cream now. Like, what do uh, you no, do? No, you know? no. So uh, and, and I'll share this with everybody. There is one conversation that I don't mind diving into but there is no segue where you can just walk away and just be like, I'm going to go play video games. That is the conversation on mortality and death. Because mortality mm. and death is a very deep uh, topic. And I think when you're creative, because you're always trying to figure out what is your legacy? And that's something we could talk about a little bit more too. What's your legacy? Am I leaving behind this? Did I do enough? Did I create enough? When you start thinking about mortality and death, you're like, you start going down that rabbit hole of, well, mm -hmm. if I if I pass, if I go, you know, how do you see, how do you define whatever religion or, or faith you have in your world? There is no walking away from that for ice cream. Like, you can't just <laughs> go about talking more about more, more morality and death and then just be like, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm going to go play uh, some... Um, the you know you know what I mean like there's mm -hmm. nothing mm -hmm. so so to your point I get it like there there's a there's just it's it's very intriguing like diving into like certain conversations can be very good and very healthy and mm -hmm. and stimulating but there's just at one hundred that's just ooh it's it's ooh. a lot especially for for someone like me so I not only am a like deeply creative person and someone who uh, who loves a good conversation. Uh, but I'm also an empath mm. and like having, so being an empath uh, has taken on a variety of things for, mo for multiple people. I think for me, uh, I've always been a good person to just talk to. Like I'm, I, again, like you said, I'm very like just open and, and welcoming, but that's a lot of the times uh, like almost like an open door invitation for some people to just dump. And you're not ready for that. You're just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this now. Ha, got it. Okay, cool. So I'm grateful, like, when I'm in my funks, like, getting back to that, when I'm in my funks or my, my uh, you know, my depressive episodes, like, my friends can either pull me without, without being too, like, uh, forced i guess is the best way like it, it doesn't feel like uh like a a nagging okay it's, it's kind of like the the big brotherly or like the the sibling like nudge of like you're right just checking in just you know mm -hmm. how's it going whatever the case is um and it'll, it'll literally be like oh did you like do this today oh mm -hmm. uh here's this video game oh what's going on today oh da -da -da, sign third or it'll get into like I've had a conversation with one of my one of my best friends where we're like shooting the shit about you know how's my day going x y and z and then like midway through we're talking about like are we that generation now that we're just too old for like young people shit cuz young people shit do dumb shit that we're just like why and then like we'll go into that and then we'll go right back into the like 
the previous conversation and then we'll get into like D&D or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it doesn't always have to revolve around the one thing and okay. it, it doesn't always have to be um, a creative thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times when I'm not feeling creative, and I th- think we talked about this uh, a bunch, um, if, you know, for instance, like I've, I'm a writer, photographer, you know, podcaster, like I do a number of different things for my itch of creativity. Okay. So I'm grateful that if one thing isn't giving me my itch, I can go to something else for it. Mm. And a lot of the times it's kind of like playing a video game where you're like, I'm stuck. I can't for whatever reason, get past this thing. So you do something completely different mm-hmm. and come back to it. And you're like, Oh, I can do it now. Like it, it was that easy. Okay. You kind of need to allow yourself to just do something else. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of the time for me is figuring out what that other thing is because I'm so hell bent on getting a project finished okay. because I feel, I feel like I'm someone who starts a lot of projects and because of either life situations and, you know, all its many monkey wrenches that get thrown in my system or just, you know, lack of time or whatever the case may be, they don't get finished. And sometimes, like, I'm so close to finish and I don't realize it. So uh, let, let, let's, let's it, talk about that for a moment. Before you point, my, uh-huh. book, my book. So, uh, my, that's my right. Book. You did release my, a book this year. I released a book this year. My book was practically done before I realized it was done. Mm -hmm. So like I, for for context, uh, I had put together a a number of poems um, as like a potential book, right? Mm -hmm. But I kept trying to make that book and another book idea that I had, one book. And I'm going outside, I'm taking out the trash and I was like, there's got to be, like, why am I overcomplicating this? And I was like, oh, you fucking idiot. Like, just separate the two ideas. And you have one book and another book. Like, I don't know why I was trying to combine the stuff that but- I already had for a separate idea that I can use it for. And then the other idea, just have the new content for it. Do you think the reason you were complicating it, because I've, I've been there myself, is you are fixated on this one idea mm-hmm. right and even though that idea has multiple parts and multiple pieces to it because you're so fixated and you put your time and your energy into it you know it's pretty much become a part of your your creative outlet you're kind of only seeing this one directional path but at the same time you got a lot of flags that are saying hey you could do this you could do that um and you just kind of you're either ignoring those flags because, you know, those flags make sense, but then it's taking you off the path that you already decided to go on and the direction you decide, or you are giving those flags attention and that's kind of taking away from your, you know, let me just get this one thing done, Mm. you know? Uh, So I don't think it's really one or the other. It might be a combination of the both. Because I've had the instances where, you know, like, I let's say I'm looking to do a project or I'm looking to do something, and someone makes a suggestion, I'm like, why don't you just do this? And I'm like, Sigh. and I know they're right. I know they're absolutely right that if I did this, I can do that, 
and I and then my thing that I'm trying to do will also get done. Mm-hmm. But that requires me to do an extra thing that I don't want to do that I know I could do to get me to where I want to be, but it's not the thing that I want to do. It's a thing that I have to do or should do to get me there. But I'm like, why can't the thing that I want to do be the thing that I should do? Well, I can imagine that, like, not just us, but that in, and I'm listeners, if, if you're tuning in and you're hearing this part, like, I think that is a challenge that we all come across where mm-hmm. we are dealing with like this outlet of creativity and we're also dealing with the stubbornness that comes with being a creator. You know, you want to do this, you want to produce, you want to put out this fantastic piece of work. Mm -hmm. But I think even in that idea, like, you know, that in your mind, it's already fantastic. Um, When I was in art school, I had a teacher, well, I had several professors who would say, um, your first design, you should throw it out. And then I even hear that with writing scripts, with your Mm -hmm. first script, throw it out because you become so fixated on that this is the fantastic Mm -hmm. project. Like this has to be the project. This this is what it has to be. And you're just kind of like, like you know, that friend comes along or or that stranger comes along. It's a very true thing, and I will co-sign the fuck out of it. But I will caveat by saying. Almost everything that I've ever written as far as poetry is concerned mm-hmm. was never revised. Okay. I literally wrote it and that like, so in my book, if you read my, my book, it is literally first draft it is literally what like, you know, poured out of my head. Poetry is like one of the only things for me that I don't mm-hmm. edit. I don't like, I'll, I'll edit grammatical things sometimes, but sometimes okay. like the grammatical errors are intentional. Yeah, purpose. Um, yeah. But for the most part, if it's if it's what I like came up with, it stays. Okay. I just I, you know, and I'm and I'm happy that we're talking about this because I can once again, I want the listeners to to kind of like throw those questions out, mm-hmm. ask themselves that you know what are some of the hiccups you have? Um, something you said earlier about you know changing different focuses you know like, like you might be uh, doing photography one week and then you're like you know what this isn't I need to take a break from this. I'm going to jump over to film or mm. I'm going to jump over to writing. Um, I think very early on for myself, I I was trying to figure out what kind of artist I wanted to be. And I think I'm going to ask you this question before I dive into this. <laughs> Law, for the listeners, for those that follow you, I, what I'm kind gonna, of... I'm going to say fuck you before you finish that question. What... <laughs> This is, you know, this is just as bad as asking you, who are you? Um, yeah, because, well, first of all, first of all, you're asking me these questions knowing damn well that you also need to answer these questions, but you're not. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to answer this because I know the answer for myself. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what kind of artist are you? And and before you ask this, it's, I think this is a very weird question because I think at some point in time, whether if you're an illustrator, photographer, filmmaker – you really do question what kind of artist are you? And then you later end up questioning what's your style? Like what sets you apart from other artists? So let's dive into that first. Law, what kind of artist are you? Uh, the easiest thing to say would be uh, mixed media. Oh, okay. Because there is no one thing that I am doing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so my uh, creativity, my art, my passion is wanting to just tell stories. And whether that be me playing video games and telling you how the first time I played this game, you know, I experienced it this way. If I'm podcasting with a friend uh, and expressing how I met them, if it's my book, if it's my photography or, you know, my videos, it's just, you know, some way of me expressing the thing that I need to express. I just happen to be fortunate enough that I have the multiple uh, canvases to paint to paint on. I love that. <laughs> so so just just so you don't feel bad, um, in two thousand and six, I decided to start defining myself as a mixed medium artist. Okay. And what made me start defining myself um my background a lot of people don't know this um when i was in high school i worked for the whitney museum of american art i was a junior docent um i spent three years in uh the whitney museum's program youth insights which i encourage anybody if this program is still around if you're in a city um youth to get involved uh reach out um i had a great uh manager sandra jackson who took me and a bunch of other uh knuckleheads and um educated us on 20th century American art and culture. Um, so I got to uh, not only learn, but discuss um, 20th century American art. And and from exploring um, different artists like uh, Bill Viola, Bob Thompson, uh, Barbara Cougar. Uh, ooh, wow, there's, there's just a lot there. Mm -hmm. But when I left and I went to college for, um, um, uh, I went to the Art Institute for, Oh, dude, what did I go for? Oh, um, media arts and animation. Mm -hmm. um, I was learning digital art. I was learning photography. I was learning film. And then when I graduated, when I left school, I really didn't know. I really didn't know what the direction was I wanted mm -hmm. to go in. But I realized, you know, like one half of the year I would be illustrating. The other half of the year I'm doing digital work. Mm -hmm. The next year, I'm doing oil on canvas. The next half of the year, I'm doing acrylic on canvas. Mm -hmm. And slowly, I just started realizing I don't need to uh, stick myself in a box and only do one type of art. Mm -hmm. And I think that becoming a mixed medium artist became something awesome because it says I want to know everything. I want to know a little bit of everything in order to create something. I, I love that because I say that I'm the guy who knows a little bit about everything. I, tr I at least try to. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, so the trouble, and I, and I will say that with like a very hint of salt or asterisk, is not only is uh, today's modern age not meant for the general kind of... Uh, general general uh, learned person mm -hmm. it is super catered to someone who's, who's a specialized person but the specialty person there's so many people who can do that one specialty but the minute that you need that specialty person to do something else adjacent to they have no idea what's happening outside of maybe like doctors for the most part, because you, you go through almost the same level of training, like general, 
practice until you get to a specialized level. Um, you know, for, for, for an artist to try to be a mixed media, like professional to do this as a career one, it is the worst time to be an artist. I'm going to tell you right now, like to, it is, it is not a fun time to be a creative and try to make this my full-time career. I don't know why I made the leap when I made the leap, but life handed me this and I was like, fuck it. Why not? Leap of faith. Um, but the other thing that I keep being told, which is a very hard thing for me to do is focus on something. Mm-hmm. So it's, you do all these things and you are, you have established yourself a little bit, or at least at a, at a, at a uh, foundational level to all these things. Now pick one thing and excel at it and then go to the other thing that you kind of worked on and excel at that. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want to because I, and it's, it's honestly because I've been in this situation, but with different questions or different, uh, mad lib inserts let's just say what what, what kind of questions because i i can imagine that the listeners have kind of experienced this too so let's create that sense of relatability what kind of questions are you talking about so let's say i get interviewed and i one of the uh interviews that came to mind immediately was me working uh potentially with a summer camp and it, you know, I sh- uh, it showed all my work where you know I worked in the after school program, I worked at a Sunday program, I worked uh, as like a this teacher and that teacher. I did a whole bunch of things, right? Yeah. And then as they're talking to me, I like forgot to put down on my because re- there just wasn't space for it that I was a soccer and a basketball coach, mm-hmm. and then I'm getting my lifeguarding certification that same summer, and mm-hmm. then we're like, holy shit. And I was just like, oh, yeah, well, like, I have all these things that, you know, I can do, but you're asking me for this and you're going to want this. Mm-hmm. So in the same regard, like, if someone was like, well, we need you to be a photographer. And then suddenly I become law who's a photographer who happens to do video or happens to do podcasting, they're going to look at me like I have 16 heads. And I'm like, I never did not do these things. I'm still doing, I still, again, it becomes the, I am all these people, even though you see me as this one thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, I hate having to decide who professionally I have to be when professionally I am not just the one thing. So it's the, it's the idea that like, you have to cater to someone else's ideal like thing for mm-hmm. yourself to thrive. And it's a very, very like, ugh, kind of notion for me on top of the fact, uh, I'll even put this out there more. Uh, cause I, again, just had this conversation with uh, a friend of mine who said like, you know, I was looking at job interviews and whatnot and a lot of people who want to hire creatives are not themselves creatives. So they are looking for a very generic cookie cutter thing without understanding what goes into the thing that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So nine times out of 10, you're going to see a photographer position 
And that photographer position needs social media, needs uh, uh, Photoshop editing, whatever the case is. They need uh, graphic design and they need animation. Mm-hmm. I am just a photographer. But when I am this photographer, you need all these things. But on the flip side, when I'm all these things, you don't need all this. You just want the photographer. Okay, I, I get it. And to that point, so I, I, can, I can see where it's like you have a diverse uh, portfolio where, mm-hmm. you know, you are law, uh, the, you know, the filmmaker, law, the photographer, law, the writer, law. And when you're sourcing out yourself or you're looking for opportunities uh, or, or jobs, you're coming across those two different paths where the first path is, you know, Hey, we like what you have, but can you do this, 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 and this? And it's kind of like, well, I can, but this is what I am. I am. I'm here for, I'm here for this. You know, are you, are you then? And I think this is about setting your, your pay rate. Um, Mm. uh, For example, I can come in and I can work on somebody's film, Mm. you know, um, but then if you're asking for me to come in and work on your film and be a gaffer, um, do lighting. And it's kind of like, um, I can work with a team or bring in a team with me to give you that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be specific, you have to be specific to why are you hiring me? And I think I, and I, I don't know. I feel, I feel off and on about this. You know, I feel like when you're, when you choose to be a mixed medium artist, you are not just to your point. You're not just one style. Mm-hmm. You're everything, you know, but I think it's about when somebody's choosing to take you on and, and have you work on their project, um, pay me, pay me or have me do what you're asking me for and not the other jobs that you need to also outsource for. Right. You know, like if you, if you want me to come on, like, and I think about this, like with, with film shoots, like it's one thing to ask me to come on and, and film something, but then you want me to do BTS at the same time. Mm. You know, I, I can't be behind the camera filming and directing something and doing BTS, yeah. being doing BTS photography because then I'm neglecting this job. Like you want me to be a photographer, run mm-hmm. your social media, do marketing campaigns, do this, run a graphic design. Like you're asking me to essentially do the position of five to six people. And just the one is photographer. Like the, the that's the title is photographer. And then it, the, the other wild things, which again, I'll, uh, I had this conversation. We're in a day and age where we know as creatives mm-hmm. do not need a degree to do the things that you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I am a three-time college dropout. However, I've listed many a times all the things that I've been able to do within the last yeah. few years, and I have a portfolio that shows that I can do a lot of the things that I've been saying. Mm-hmm. You do not need a degree, but they still see a degree like a validating thing. And yeah, I'm not you going- were, you were here. You did this. You did this. Yeah. I don't knock people who have degrees, but we know now that it's a scam. You're literally paying for a piece of paper that's really expensive to say that you can do the thing that you probably could have just done with 
hours of intensive like research on YouTube and like some hard work and elbow grease. Well, so uh, all right, so I'm gonna come in here because I feel 50-50 about this, and this is where I feel 50. And and so, you don't need and you don't need Adobe for everything because so every everything is you got to know the Adobe suite. And I'm like, Adobe is not the industry standard anymore. That Thank is you. True. Thank that you. Is, I'm not. I'm not. Even, I am not even going to try to explain myself. I am just tired of the. You need to know Adobe. No, the fuck I don't. So here, here's why I feel fifty fifty about this. And I've, I've, this is something that I've, I've seen in YouTube videos that I agree with, and I, I agree with and understand the notion that you don't have to go to film school to be a filmmaker. All right, I agree that you do not have to go to film school to learn filmmaking. Uh, mm -hmm. filmmaking is a trial by error um, medium it is something you learn I think though my experience with going to school for animation I if I could go to film school all over again I would for the networking part for mm -hmm. the uh, meeting people who are interested in the same genre as I am and, and growing that network of friends who are, who are all striving in different parts of the medium to work together to create the medium. But you should I think, be able to have that without the price tag that comes with school oh, and, I, the, and all the fluff things that come with school. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree. Um, and I wish that like film school wasn't uh, in the, in the uh, like, you know, 40s or 50s or 60K, 70Ks. Mm -hmm. I, I wish it wasn't. But once again, like I, I said, like I, I understand the differences of um, buying a, a NY, commercial also camera. There's difference between NYU and a community college sometimes. Well, once again, I went to the Art Institute. And because I went to the Art Institute, um, tuition. But that name holds weight, though. The art uh, so, depending on the circle, like not for yeah. nothing, depending on your circle, Art yeah. Institute still carries weight, I would like to say. I feel like it once carried weight. I okay, feel that we can because because it became one of those schools that once again when they slightly went under, you don't hear about them. There's no commercialization. Right. They they came under scandal for you know um, kind of forcing uh, kids to to apply. And I say kids, not adults, forcing kids to apply, taking out massive student loans, um, having low job rates. Um, you know. And, and I know this because there's been quite a few times in the past where I've seen, like, if were you attending of the Art Institute, um, join into this lawsuit. And I'm just kind of like, nope. Um, you know, like, I, I went. I felt like I did my fear. Uh, I did my fear whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's up to me to pay back my student loans. Um, I mean, but if, you know, Joe Biden, uh, you know, uh, erased it, I'm not. I'm just, uh, <laughs> but, but, but once again, like, I think that when you go to a school for art it you you do network with people but something recently i've learned um and i'm going to say that i for myself i manifested this a couple years ago and i think this is when i started to meet you um and and the crew and just you know i always said like hey you know universe i don't i'm not part of a circle of people i don't know other artists mm please i want this coming into my life i want the button and, and and i and i feel like that has been answered and it's been an encouragement like when i have questions um uh, recently uh i i sent ari um evr and he read it and he was like yo this is a fine script um he gave me his his views on it things that i need to go back and revisit and work on 
but I didn't have that prior. You know, I didn't have that that source. So I think going to school kind of in that sense um, does give you a network of people that you can go to. But if you don't go to school, you can do it on your own. The only things that are going to be a little bit harder is having that network, that network of people, finding people who are into it. Uh, to this to, to this day with SketchFed, you know, I'm I want to build a team, you know, uh, uh, somebody who understands lighting and gaffing, somebody who understands audio. And it's not just on me to go in and learn it myself. To which I want to learn it anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you want to build that team. You want to have somebody who can be a line editor or a writer and, and so forth in, in your projects. Absolutely. Listen, like that's the dream and that's the goal. I, I the the unfortunate part about it is we're in a place where anyone and everyone can pick up a camera. And I had the joke with a friend where they were, I was like everybody and their mother is a photographer. And I was like in like parentheses my mm-hmm. one of my best friends moms is a photographer professionally like she does her thing and like she's great at it so like it's especially if you're in new york it's that much harder you can network with as many people as you want mm-hmm. i think networking in new york there's something to it because we're all trying to still get to an achievable thing there, it's there's, that hustle baby it's that hustle it's that hustle but but like i i've always thought of new york as a place where Everyone works on like a barter system. Everyone's trying mm. to like at least trying to get a, enough collaborations on there about things going, whatever the case is, right? Mm-hmm. Versus LA, everyone's strictly like, what are you paying me? Like collaboration or not? Like what's the bill? Mm-hmm. And I'm appreciative of that in New York, but it's just becoming too crowded. It's too suffocated. Like, well, it, I think it, it's too saturated uh, at this point. Well, let's take that to a higher to a higher number because, and I'll use G's for geek, right? Mm-hmm. I love doing G's for geek, um, but there's times when doing G for geek, I'm like, yo, everybody has a podcast. Like every everybody has a podcast. Like, I, and, and I'm we, on four. When 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 I hear somebody goes, hey, everybody has a podcast to the point that your mom has a podcast. That's that's it. It's pretty much there. And I think so in relation to this, I think what it comes down to is there are the substandards and then there's those who work to really show what they're capable of. So to your point, I think anybody can take a cell phone and say they're a photographer at this point. Mm -hmm. But. Out of out of a hundred, you might have ten to fifteen who it's not that they're a photographer, it's that they understand aperture, ISO, lighting, perfect mm-hmm. um angles to shoot at, um, depth of field. So I think it's more about yeah, we're in this this time frame where everybody's you know, because of the internet, we now know that and we're not the only one in our neighborhood. We're not the only one mm-hmm. within a five-mile radius and a 10-mile radius. I think it's more about, okay, anybody can be a baker, but who's a good baker? Who's the better baker? Who's I, the best baker? I think baker? it's a combination of of talent and hard work. As, yeah. as, a, as a teacher, I've always told my students, I don't care how much talent you have. I will find you a kid 
who has the work ethic for it, who's mm-hmm. gonna dust you. And all mm-hmm. my kids who thought they were hot shit would be like, "Oh, uh, coach, what are you talking about? What are you talking about?" And I'll grab a kid, random, like I know that they bust ass, and they went. And I like, uh, what was my kid's name? I think it was like Taylor, Tyler, something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he was literally one of my hardest working kids. I've never in my entire lifetime, and I was like. I looked at his mom and I was like, yo, there's no way your kids never swam before. Mm. Because per lesson, he was fully understanding each stroke. This kid was a phenomenal athlete, like mm-hmm. at nine or 10. Like to understand your body and be like, oh, coach, like when I do this, this is what you mean? And I'm like, yeah. And he just gets it. I was like, oh, I taught him butterfly in less than 20 minutes. Mm. And not like, Oh, he kind of got it. It looks okay. He was like doing it. And I was like, what? And my boss came. He was like, oh, he looks good. Like, I was like, he just learned that. And he was like, nah. I was like, ask mom. And mom was like, I've never, nope, never did this way. Well, hold up. Let's, let's, so I think, and I'm going to, I'm going to tie this back into art, right? Okay. I think that the most underlooked student is the student who is so creative that everybody know they're creative, but no one gives them a shot. And we've all seen them. It's the kid in the back of the classroom who in every class, they're illustrating. Um, every, every grade, their stuff is getting better and better. It's the kid in every class that not only has a notebook with rhymes and poems, mm-hmm. but every grade their stuff is getting better and better it's the dancer it's the you i think that when you are creative Mm -hmm. you get overlooked because you are in an environment that people don't know how to recognize your creativity and they don't understand how to promote and push you all right i I once said something to my mom that I regret to this day, right? And I will share this. Um, I had a mentor who, you know, rest in peace. You know, I treated her like a mom. Um, she and I and I loved her to death. Um, she saw the creativity in me, and she promoted me to to other opportunities within the art world. My mom, as a single mom, did her best to raise me. You know, she. Keep a, keep a roof over my head, uh, keep food on me, you know, and I, and I love her for that. And I once came out sideways, you know, being a young teenage, whatever, and, and, and not really understanding, you know, what goes into being an adult. And I said, I wish you would have paid attention to me artistically. And that broke her heart um, because, once again, I didn't see all the other things you know mm-hmm. here i am looking at you know me illustrating me wanting to buy material to illustrate me wanting to learn about artists um poc artists artists who look like me and and did things like me me wanting to understand other cultures and i wanted that to come from home mm-hmm. and having to get it from an outside source like i felt more into that than understanding from home. And I think that looking at kids who do have that creative streak, you know, I can imagine that 
one, you don't know where to get where your sources are, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I don't mean like you know every now and then go into the comic book shop because I remember I did that too. I went to comic book shops. I I bought comic book cards. I I traced. I I learned how to draw from that um, cartoons and stuff. But there is something about the human interaction of having somebody uh, guide you, mm-hmm. not necessarily be a mentor, but guide you and say, "Hey, um, how about you do it this way? How about you try this?" How about we go get you some material? Well, an unfortunate thing, because uh, I've seen it all too much, and it, it's kind of what led me when I when people asked me like, "Oh, you want to be an early childhood educator?" I was like, "Yeah," mm-hmm. but I never really saw myself in a very conventional teaching classroom. Okay. And then I started seeing a lot of newer teachers where they're not like book teachers. They you have to take a standardized test every year or whatever the case is, but like you're not teaching your kids to memorize a book. And I think that's always bothered me with like the education system is like, you're, you're just learning to repeat something back to someone. You're not actually learning. And I, I value the teachers that stuck with me because they were trying to like connect with us and teach us like creatively how to do the things that they wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. So like math, science, everything became a class that wasn't the class that we were in, if that okay. makes sense. Um, so like a lot of times in religion, we'll get into like a philosophy thing. If uh, it was science, we got into a, like uh, more of the experimental side of things. So like practical application, a lot of kids, uh, you know, at such a, especially at such an early age, were sponges. So why teach them straight from a book when not everyone's going to do well from just a book? Mm. Do hands-on things. Do more um, outside-of-the-box, unconventional teaching because that's what's going to stick with a lot of these students. I mean, and I, I think I, with I, artists especially, mm-hmm. I've found like my kids who, um, you know, who go to art-specific schools mm-hmm. do so well. And I'm like, we need more of that because like art – becomes like a thing that just gets swept and it's not it's like oh yeah you have to take an art class no you shouldn't have to just take an art class art should be just as important and valued as any other class if if the romans and the greeks were all about the arts literally like that's what they studied and did Mm. why are we why like we took almost everything else from them why are we not taking that one extra thing and like elevating it well i know this is more of a different topic and mm-hmm. maybe we can cover this on another episode remember we we're part of a system that still teaches in a factory style that mm-hmm. all students are the same and to the point of like this this kind of part of the conversation when we're just focusing on just kids who who have a, a creative or artistic back, like background or upbringing not every kid is the same mm-hmm. you know uh for me like um, in order for me to learn math, I had to understand math through illustration, through drawing. That's how I was able to understand math. Um, but they expect teachers to teach their curriculum as is mm-hmm. and not account for the kids who don't learn the same way. And they well, think, consider they, they'll automatically be like, that kid's failing. That Because like, we've been those kids. Like, we've been the kids that, like get looked at differently oh they need to work harder they need to study more they need to do x y and z it's like no we're trying but the way you teach us is not the way we learn 
But because we're in a system that's not made for us, we now have to adapt ourselves to like, like to be like uh, cogs in this whatever machine. Like that's like the the most cliche way of putting it. Well, that and and being diagnosed. But I think we are we we are everywhere and anywhere. Um, And there's so much more that we need to like deep dive into. But let's save this for another episode. Yes. Um, let's not let's not just give everything away. Um, Law, I appreciate having you on. Once again, we have more episodes. We yeah. have more episodes to come. Um, I definitely want your viewers, your 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 listeners, your followers to learn more about you. Um, ladies and gentlemen, once again, I'm Charlie Radio Williams. Um, this is a stranger to myself. Um, which I'm going to be playing at in credit at some point, and I know I'm going to be <laughs> giggling in the background. Um. If you like this, um, prior to another episode coming out, uh, hit that like button, follow. We're working on more episodes um, and just bring you more creative people. And that's that's it. Um, I'm going to have Law's links in, 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 in the description so that way you can follow. And we're going to talk more in uh, future episodes about his book. We're going to talk more about Tiles by Law. Uh, we're going to talk more about just directing and, and, and photography. Emergency, the whole nine. Oh, and I really wish we had covered covered that, but oh, once we got, again, we got we, time, baby. We, we have time. we have we have more episodes to come. All right, so once again, thank you so much, guys, and I'll catch you in the next one. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>